0: The conversations in your home flow. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode 115. So today's episode is: What do you do when your kids don't respect your boundaries? I had a mom write to me recently, and she said, she said I discussed one day with you in the challenge group that. I'm really wanting to discuss parental and kid boundaries. I was wondering if you had some info on that topic. Have you done a podcast, any book recommendations? I do believe that deep down this is the root of the issue and I just wanted a little more direction. Thanks so much for your knowledge and time, Jill. So, Jill, I don't think I've done a podcast, although at this point, what am I on? 115 episodes. So maybe I've done a uh, You guys can write to me and tell me if I've done one on boundaries, but I don't think that I ever have. Um, and so I think this is a great topic. I read a lot about boundaries. I hear people talking a lot about boundaries. And uh, I think this is an interesting topic to go into. So I think we should start with what are boundaries and When I looked up what the exact definition, I'm not gonna read to you what the definition is in the different dictionaries, because that's too boring. But I found uh, a good definition in a Psychology Today article, and it said, "'Boundaries can be defined as the limits we set with other people, which indicate what we find acceptable and unacceptable in their behavior towards us.'" The ability to know our boundaries generally comes from a healthy sense of self-worth or valuing yourself in a way that's not contingent on other people or the feelings they have towards you. So I think it's interesting that there's so much about, um, about other people's behavior towards us. And I think that this is where we fall short. I think so often we are just ineffective communicators. So where are we? not clearly defining in our own minds first what behavior is acceptable and what behavior is unacceptable. And when it comes to our kids first, and then we can go to other people, um, how have we been proactively communicating what that acceptable and unacceptable behavior is to let our kids really know what it looks like? It's like when parents say to little tiny kids, be nice, be nice, or like they're being rough with the dog. Be nice. Be nice. And so often with little kids, it's like, well, what what does nice look like? You know, with little teeny tiny, tiny ones, let's say they're with the dog, if you're saying, be gentle, be gentle. You got to hold their hand and and softly pet the dog and just see see how gentle look. He's smiling. He's smiling. You're being so gentle. That's right being so gentle like we have to really show what it looks like with a little tiny child and i think that as our kids grow it's like we just expect them to know things but are we really taking the time to define what it looks like so a little bit more about boundaries uh intellectual worth and boundaries have to do with what you are entitled to in terms of your own thoughts and opinions as are others emotional worth and boundaries that you're entitled to your own feelings in a given situation, as are others. Physical worth and boundaries. You're entitled to your space, okay? And others are too. I think this is a big one with parents. When you find that you have kids that follow you around and you can't have a minute to yourself if it ever feels like that. That's when you know that there's a lot of boundaries being crossed and things maybe haven't been as clearly defined as you think they have been. Kids that, you know, won't take no for an answer and they follow you around and they badger and they badger and they badger and they badger. badger. So if you have a child that seems to take out their every mood on you, like you're their punching bag, you know, have you clearly defined your boundaries? Yes, our kids, when they're anxious or when they're in a bad mood, quite often, I mean, people take it out on the people closest to them. However, you have to be the one in charge of setting your own boundaries and behavior that you absolutely will not tolerate towards you, period, end of story. So. I think that knowing our boundaries and then setting them are two very different things, like knowing them, communicating them, setting them, right? Setting boundaries doesn't come easily or naturally to many people, especially women. And it's a skill set that you can learn, right? So where does this come from? Well, I've talked to, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, I have said many times that that people are ineffective communicators. And many of us were taught ineffective communication patterns from the time we were little bitty. Um, and since we, as humans, learn more by what was modeled from, you know, by the people that raised us or who are in charge of us, we, this these ineffective patterns may just be ingrained in us. So if you find that, You don't want to say things too harshly. You're constantly doing this sing-songy voice or or tagging the okay on at the end of something. When you're telling somebody something that you want to happen or, you know, giving them sort of a command or direction, and then you say okay. But really, you're not asking okay. You're really telling someone what needs to happen. That's a sign that you have been taught ineffective communication without maybe even realizing it. So uh, let's talk about setting boundaries. Let's talk about how and when to do it, and let's also talk about why most people don't follow through on boundary requests. So you ask for the boundary. You think you do a good job of communicating the boundary, and then, for instance, let's say that you tell your family, you know, your extended family, that they, you have a boundary that you want them to call before they come over, and they constantly just show up at your house, and so you've established it, and then they show up. What do you do? They're just ignoring your boundary request. How do you handle that? Well, one of the reasons why you may not be following through is because you're indulging in people pleasing okay You're indulging in people pleasing where it just feels awkward and you know it's not you justify why it's not really a big deal, and they're just here anyway, and they were in the neighborhood, and so you just sort of suck it up and you you know receive them and they're they come inside and when they leave you feel all stressed out inside and maybe a lot of the reason is that you are you you, you don't want to make them uncomfortable but now you've just indulged in people pleasing and so it leaves you feeling resentful it leaves you feeling all wound up inside and that's because you're doing people pleasing here's the thing i've heard it i've heard it said that people pleasing is actually lying because you're trying to make other people happy, but you're lying to yourself that it's okay with you. It's really not okay with you. So, one of the first steps in setting boundaries is being onto yourself if you're indulging in chronic people pleasing. It is serving no one. You're lying to yourself and you're lying to others. And let me tell you something because 77% of communication is nonverbal. They feel it. They feel that energy and all it's going to do is cause dysfunction in your relationship. So how would you handle it? If you, if you said to your family, Hey, can you guys call before you come over? And then they show up anyway. And you go and you, and they knock on the door and you go to receive them and they're like, Hey, what's going on? What are y'all up to? And you're like, Oh, we were just in the middle of a few things. Um, yeah. Did you, is, is there an emergency? And they say, you "No, know, I was just in the neighborhood, I wanted to drop by, they said, Yeah. And, and you say, Yeah, it's really helpful. If you call and give us a heads up. And I would have told you we're sort of in the middle of something and now is really not a good time. Um, but we can figure out another time that will work. Why don't I text you later? And then it's a, a little uncomfortable. <laughs> and they're like, Okay, let me tell you something. When you're establishing boundaries. With, and if you've got any kind of codependency in your family, like many of us do, um, it's going to feel awkward and unfamiliar when you first start doing it for everyone. And the other people on the receiving end, they're not going to like it. They're not. So just expect that and lean into the discomfort. That is the only way you're going to get more comfortable with this. And that's the only way the relationship will become more honest. And, and you'll start to your relationship will improve. Because rather than just sucking it up and getting into people pleasing and lying to everyone, uh, and then there being just this underlying sense of dysfunction and tension going on, now all of a sudden you're being honest. And even the other person who is not going to be too happy with it, it's going to feel unfamiliar. If they knew how to honor boundaries or probably set them themselves, um, they would have done it. So you're the first one you're the trail you're the boundary setting trailblazer here, so just expect that it's going to be hard and that they're not going to like it and chances are you know, yeah, you may have that person that acts jerky, um most likely it's just going to be kind of uncomfortable and awkward, and you can just let that uncomfortable silence happen. No one's going to die from a little uncomfortable silence, I promise you it's going to be okay, and the more you do it, the more everyone will become comfortable with it and your relationships will improve because they'll know that if it's not a good time, you would tell them it's a good time and they'll start to trust you more because they'll know that you're going to tell them the truth. They'll also start to show up respecting your boundaries. And so you'll feel more positive towards them and then they'll feel that. So I think that there have been a lot of, there's been a lot of advice out there about setting. I remember a long time ago, I asked a friend who was in a lot of therapy at the time. Um, I invited her to do something. And she said, oh, yeah, I can't. And it was just that. But she didn't follow it up with any, you know. And I knew she'd been working with a therapist who was probably teaching her how to honor what she wanted to do, which I totally respect, um, and set boundaries. But there was some kind of like really big, awkward moment there. And it just didn't feel very real life. And it just sounded, it just felt like, like major work she'd been doing with her therapist. So you guys just feel it out for what what is in the real, like what it's like in the real world. You know, you can say it's, you can explain yourself and say, you know, it's just like when I received the people at the door, remember how we talked about you calling ahead of time. I could have given you the heads up that now wasn't a really good time. Like a little explanation like that. So you can also say, you know, to the person who invites you to something that you don't want to do, you're allowed To explain that you don't want to do that. You're allowed to explain that it's so nice of you to invite me, like to have a little empathy and to say like, that is so nice of you and you to invite me. I mean, I do this all the time and we had, we, we set a, a boundary in the last year that we don't go to galas or fundraisers, but we're happy to contribute we're just not going to go to galas or fundraisers. They're not our thing. That is so sweet of you to think of us. See how that's just like a, it just feels more realistic to me. Now that's a boundary, and the other person may take offense. Like who are they? They don't go to they don't go to galas or fundraisers. And the truth of the matter is, is like it's not personal. And I'm not judging you for going to galas and fundraisers. Galas and fundraisers are important. I get it. And a lot of people love them. For us. We don't love galas and fundraisers. They typically fall during the week. We don't love going out during the week. We really enjoy our nights at home, blah, blah, blah. I don't need to go into all that. But the truth is, is we just made a boundary. We don't want to go to galas and fundraisers. It's not personal. And it was super sweet of you to think of this. So you can, you can get, it doesn't have to just be a no, thanks. There can be some explanation. And I think as humans, it makes sense to to give a little explanation and also to have a little empathy for the other person because it can be vulnerable to it's like the boy asking the girl out on a date it's vulnerable to invite someone to something and then to be shot down so to say it's so sweet of you to think of us i know these tables are expensive and there's only a certain number of seats and that is so sweet and it's basically saying it's our thing it's not about you and that makes me feel good that you thought about us and yeah you know, we're not doing galas or fundraisers and we try not to go out during the week. So it's not a personal thing. So if you're a parent and you find that your kids are just flat out not not respecting your boundaries, I want y'all to really think about how you have been establishing those boundaries and how you've been communicating what those boundaries are and how you've been enforcing those boundaries. See, so boundaries really have so much to do with how are you showing up as a leader in your life? How are you making sure that you have certain things in place and other people are aware of what those things are? And you don't have to do it in a caustic or nasty way. You can just communicate, but we have to learn how to communicate. So, you know, I think before we even get into the, the, how does it, how do you establish it? And how do you establish it with your kids? I think you need to have, there are certain boundaries that are like, what are your non-negotiables, right? Like what are your non-negotiables or your non-negotiables? Like for me, my non-negotiables are physical aggression or verbal attacks, I used to engage when somebody would verbally attack me, it was like game on and it was back and forth. And I could think real quick on my feet. And then I would just walk away and I'd have all this adrenaline pumping and there would be a whole bunch of drama and it felt terrible, it felt terrible. It kept keep me up all night. Like I'm not doing that. So my non-negotiables are, if anybody were to ever get physical with me, like I'm getting the hell out of there. And my other non-negotiables are verbal attacks. If somebody verbally attacks me, I am going to get the hell out of there. I'm not engaging in that. I'm not going to go down to their vibration and engage in that kind of uh, verbal attack back and forth. It's just like, we can be civilized grown ups and we can talk about hard things and we don't need to hurl insults. Um, now, that being said, I can lose my temper, usually just with my husband and I can say something nasty to him and, he then tells me you know what his boundary is or and we usually just scatter and walk away i mean being a human is messy business we're going to violate each other's boundaries at times you know this isn't an exact science but if we can come back and communicate and come back together then i feel like we can always recover from it and learn so you may have you may have uh, like some people may have a a boundary of uh they don't want to be around anyone who uses colorful language or maybe that you have a boundary of Racial slurs, like the, just not doing it. I'm not going to be around. I mean, I sort of have that one where it's like, I don't want to engage with people who are making racial or homophobic slurs. That's always been a big one for me. Like I'm, I'm just absolutely not engaging in that. Um, so I'm not, I'm not going to be having conversations. Some people may have a boundary around smoking. Like I don't want to breathe in secondhand smoke, not being around it. Maybe you have a boundary around getting in a car, hopefully you do, with somebody who's been drinking. Like, that, like absolutely not. Like, that's a big one that we instilled in our kids' heads is no matter what, that is a boundary violation. You are not ever getting in a car with somebody that's been, you know, under the influence of anything. So figure out what your true non-negotiables are, right? And then everything else, like somebody dropping by your house without calling or your kids following you around badgering you, but mom, but mom, but mom, but mom, coming into your space and you said... This conversation is done. I need a minute. I'll come back in a minute and we can calmly discuss this. Mom, please, mom, mom. Now that badgering is breaking a boundary for you. You've established that you the conversation is done. You are not discussing it anymore. So how are you going to handle that by boundary violation? So remember, to establish what your boundaries are, you have to communicate them clearly. And then you have to th- follow through on enforcement of those boundaries. Basically, parenting is about boundaries, right? Parenting is establishing rules, communicating these rules often and repeatedly, following through on the consequences if those rules or boundaries are not respected. And so you have gotta take the time to proactively establish it, communicate it, know you're gonna communicate it again and again, and then enforce it. So for this mom, my hunch is that She's just a female human who was probably taught ineffective communication patterns from the time she was a little girl. She probably had that modeled before her and she doesn't know how to show up and really be that strong, assertive, boundary setting pack leader for her kids and then and then follow through on when they don't uh, respect her personal boundaries. And so you have to decide what those are. For me, when the conversation is done, the conversation is done. So somebody could come and, and try and, and badger and badger and badger and badger and I'm gonna absolutely tune them out and not respond. Uh, physical, any physical aggression would have been established in our family rules that are posted in the kitchen. And it's just, I mean, I can't even imagine any of my kids ever getting physical with me because it's just such a strong boundary Uh, that there is no physical aggression in our household. There never has been, and I can't imagine them going to that place because they know if you break one of those rules, there will be consequences that will be enforced. Um, So, and it just depends on the age limit of what those consequences will be, but that is a non-negotiable period end of story. If I was in a space and I had a child that kept coming into my physical space when I said I needed a minute alone. Like I've heard of a lot of parents who say that like their parent, their kids will follow them into the bathroom. like they're like I just went and locked my kid myself in the bathroom and my have a kid does banging and banging and banging, bang, like they were gonna break down the door. That tells me that that is a parent that absolutely hasn't been effective in showing up with PAC leadership and knowing and, and following through on consequences of everybody is deserving of their own safe space within the home and anybody who goes to their safe space. If other people come in and violate that, and that person says, "I just need a minute," um and they violate that boundary, there are consequences that will be enforced, period, end of story. Everyone in this house deserves to have a safe space where they are allowed to go and get themselves, you know, give themselves a moment or two or five or an hour. Um, and so so we have to be very clear on what our boundaries are when there are boundary violations. And instead of giving the responsibility to other people, to follow our boundaries, we have to get real good at enforcing and communicating our own boundaries. The other thing I want to say is, is when you have somebody who's a boundary violator, um, remember when you show up and handle it first and foremost from a place of empathy by having a productive conversation. Because I truly think that that's the best way to um, establish boundaries. Is you go, you 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 have this productive conversation where you're like, hey, listen. I noticed that. And if you got a little kid, they just want to be with you all the time. I noticed that you want to hang out and be with me and you like to come into my room and you like to do this and you like to do that because you just want to be with me. And we love each other. That's who we are. And um, and it just seems like you want to be with me a whole lot. And that's just stating the obvious. And maybe you have a little one there like, yeah, I do. I want to be with you. And then you told me not to come into your room or, or whatever it is. And you say, I know. And And you don't understand, you don't always understand, and you want to be with me, and sometimes, or you want to be with brother, and brother goes into his room. I mean, you might have this a lot of times with your little kids, and brother goes into his room, and you want to keep going in and keep going in. And everyone gets to have their own space where they get to go to be alone because sometimes, even when we love each other, we need time alone, and that can be hard to understand, huh? And so, and then the little child, whatever they say, you just repeat back, and before you know it, you're like, so. What are we going to do to respect when somebody needs their alone time in this household, even when you want to be with them? If they don't want to be with you back or if they don't want to be touched back, how do you respect that? How do you listen to their words? Tell me, how are you going to do that? You know, you put it back on your child to help solve the problem, but you're putting a plan in place. And then you get to the part of and what happens when your brain forgets all this and you want to play with brothers so badly or you want to come with me into the bathroom so badly and you forget all these rules, what happens then that's gonna help your brain remember that these rules are super important for us to run smoothly as a family? What's gonna help your brain to remember? And that's where you establish the consequence and you say, that's right, when, you, when, you, when somebody asks for their, their personal space and you keep going in and not listening to their words, then there's a consequence that tells us you're out of control in your body that day, you're having a hard time listening, so you're gonna have a 30 minute earlier bedtime that night these rules are important for us to run smoothly as a family see so that would be the you're setting the consequence that will be enforced so if you have a kid that follows you and follows you and badgers and badgers and bangs on the bathroom and does all those things then that night they're having a 30 minute earlier bedtime and period end of story and you just follow through on it and you follow through and if you're like i have no idea how to follow through how do you get them to do this how do you get them to do that just know there's more here there's more for you to learn and practice. And I need more time with you than just in a podcast. Um, So that's what I have to say about boundaries. Boundaries are really about you and not about the other person. Okay. Hope that's helpful. Have a great day. Are you ready to start having productive conversations if you've been listening to the podcast for a while and you hear me go through my three-step productive conversation process to solve any problem? And you're thinking, how does she do that? Guess what? I made a really cool resource for you guys. I call it the problem solving one sheet. Okay. It's one sheet front and back. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but it will walk you through how to have productive conversations and you'll practice. And before you know it, you'll be having productive conversations all day, every day. It really is the solution to solve any problem. So you can download it at mastermindparenting.com forward slash problem solving all one word. That's mastermindparenting.com forward slash problem solving, all one word.